Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Mia from the very, very near future. Uh, we found out as we were live recording this episode that Teamsters leadership has cut a tentative agreement with UPS to try to avert the strike. So we've we've decided to leave this in and you're going to hear us uh, find this shit out literally in the middle of an interview of what we thought was going to be a really, really, really large strike starting. So enjoy. It's strike season here at It Could Happen Here, uh, the podcast where things fall apart and sometimes you put them back together again. Um, and as as you probably have noticed, presumably from the last interview, maybe from reading the news, maybe from like talking to people who are in unions, we are in a genuinely historic period of labor militancy in this country that is... Effect, effectively, we are now we are we are we are now entering the second phase of the hot summer of 2023. Uh, we used to have hot summers all the time. People knew what that meant. And now it just means like global warming. But long ago in a galaxy far, far away, there were these things called hot summers when everyone would fucking go on strike and there'd be, you know, sort of mass resistance to capital and state. And yeah, we're fucking going back there. And to talk with me about the next series of massive private sector strikes that we're about to get is Reese Smith and Oliver Rose, who are rank and file UPS workers and Teamsters uh, doing the standard disclaimer. <laughs> These individuals do not represent the union or the positions of the union. They are speaking as individuals. Uh, yeah, we have this is this is this is the disclaimer for the lawyers. It is also true. <laughs> um, yeah, but Reese and Oliver, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you much. Yeah, I'm really, really glad we can talk to you. So. All right. Uh, the day this is going out, it'll, it'll be six days before the Teamsters 
are potentially going to go on strike and the current contract runs out. Um, can I, yeah, can we talk a little bit about what, okay, who, who is, first, who is going on strike and what do they do? Yeah, so uh, there's going to be 340,000 uh, UPS workers going on strike, and that's going to be, you know, the inside warehouse workers, and that's going to be the uh, the delivery drivers, um, and also the feeder drivers and the 224s, like all of them. Uh, could you, could you explain uh, what, oh, you explain what, what are, the last two are? Yes, yeah, so... 22-4s is a uh, classification of worker where they're kind of half inside um, and half driving. Uh, something that the union has told us is that there's already been a tentative agreement that that classification is not going to exist anymore. It was kind of a really raw deal for people that found themselves in that position. Um, shit, what was the other one that I mentioned? 22 feeder fours. drivers, I think. Feeder drivers, yes. So feeder drivers are not your regular package delivery drivers. Um, they drive the big semis that you see from like hub to hub and whatnot, and that's how they deliver. Uh, so those are the uh, the last two classifications that I mentioned. And yeah, we're all going to be going on strike. And well, we are potentially going to be on strike. Um, and if we are, UPS is kind of going to be in a world of hurt because yeah. <laughs> it is very hard to replace 340,000 yep. workers in what economists have told me is a tight labor market. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm excited. Like, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it was funny. So when 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 SAG officially walked off and joined the WGA strike, that was that was the largest strike since hilariously the teamsters went on strike in the in like the year i was born in like 97 and hilariously that is a title that if if this happens they're going to hold that title for like one month before this ups strike replaces it as the largest strike in the u.s since the 90s yeah yeah it's gonna be wild if we go on strike while uh you know sag Afra is on strike and while the writers guild are, are on strike that's gonna be over half a million workers on strike in this country at this time and that is just gonna be you know it's gonna be fucking historic right like, yeah and and there's and there's a chance depending on how long these strikes drag out that we get to like september and the big the big three auto uh mm -hmm. the uaw goes on strike and if that happens that, that that will be like the most number of people who've been on strike in this country since like the 50s which yeah. is wild especially you know because this, this is supposed to be a sort of like i don't know it, I, th I think the sort of the especially interesting thing about this, right, is that actual union density is really low and hasn't been increasing that much. On the other hand, like everyone seems to like unions and everyone wants to go on strike. And I don't know, it's a it's a really interesting sort of set of conditions right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I uh, I'm very uh, heartened by. You know, the the support that unions have garnered, uh, because as you mentioned, you know, we are at a low union density. There was like that labor decline that happened, you know, since the fucking like 70s and 80s. Right. Like the backlash to organized labor. Um, I am very hopeful that this uh, this strike wave can kind of turn that around. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot is. uh you know, it's like UPS is a is a major uh, major company in a whole logistics sector, right? Yeah. And like we can set that standard for that logistics 
company mm-hmm. or like a piece of shit company like Amazon can. So if we win yeah. and we win big, that could absolutely encourage more uh, organizing in those other sectors, leading to an increase of union density. Uh, so hopefully that's like the way forward past all these strikes. Uh, it'd be great. It's sorely needed, sorely needed. Absolutely. And and even uh, beyond, you know, the logistics industry, you know, I think we can show that, you know, any you know, company or corporation that, you know, year after year is making these record breaking profits, you know, while meanwhile, there's poor work conditions or even unsafe work conditions, uh, you know, there's pay that does not, you know, allow, you know, us to pay rent, put food on the table, you know, that we can just show that, okay, you know, we're done, you know, with giving all of the wealth that we're creating to the company. And now it's going back into our hands. Yeah, and UPS fucking created $13 billion in profits Jesus last Christ. year. Yeah, yeah. And that's up from, I was just reading an article this morning in, uh, in Jacobin written by a uh, fellow uh, UPS teamster. And that's up from $6.5 billion in uh, 2019. And they're so, also yeah, giving so they doubled their profit. They've over doubled their profits in like three, they've four years. They doubled their profits and they keep trying to tell the union that, oh no, I'm just a poor pauper. We don't have money for your demands. <laughs> like we're just, we're just so poor. And it's like they're meanwhile, you know, they're giving their fucking like CEO and shareholders like dividends and stock buybacks and all of that, in addition to the profits that they are reaping, right? Because profits is just the cream of the crop, right? Like that's everything past business expenses, what they're paying out, like salary. So that's not even being touched. And uh, yeah, no, it's time for us to say we want that. We created that. So I I I think that leads into sort of the next thing I wanted to ask about, which is can you talk a little bit about what the sort of specific grievances were that kicked the, that kicked this off? I'm assuming there are a lot because, you know, <laughs> this thing sucks. You know, and there is a wide range of conditions because, you know, for a long time, uh, you know, the contract hasn't kept up with uh, both like economic and non-economic side of things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we have kind of two two dynamics where there's, you know, well, over a majority of like part-time workers who aren't getting enough pay or hours, you know, to afford to live. And then we also have, you know, the full-time workers who inside warehouse could be working, you know, 10, 12 hour shifts. You know, we have drivers who are doing, you know, 12 hour shifts and, you know, even up to like 14 hours, you know, every day. And then also getting, you know, uh, contacted to come in, you know, on their day off, having to do six day weeks, uh, you know, of course on the driver's side, you know, we have these escalating temperatures and meanwhile, yeah. there's, you know, no air conditioners in the vehicles uh, and same, you know, thing in the warehouse. Um, Cause personally, you know, I'm, I, I work inside warehouse as a loader. So I'm spend you know, virtually all my shift in a trailer, just loading boxes, and, you know, there's no airflow. Those things, you know, can, you know, be five to 10 degrees hotter, you know, like at a minimum than the yeah. ambient temperature. Uh, last summer, like on a mid 90 day, I recorded, um, 108 degrees, you know, inside the trailer. So, you know, there's not necessarily any kind of protections, uh, currently for that. So, you know, that's one big lack in the contract is having those kind of, you know, heat, heat protection and, uh, you know, preventing yeah, and that, heat and that illnesses. Can, 
Yeah, I mean, that can just kill people. And we've talked about it on the show before, people who've died, like, working conditions like that because, you know, it was it was too hot, but their bosses were like, fuck you, we don't care. Like, keep unloading the yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's absolutely tragic. I know we had a, uh, you know, UPS Teamster, I believe in California, uh, who died due to the extreme heat conditions last summer. And also, yeah. no, um, you know, there was another case where I think a driver stopped at, like, a convenience store to buy a drink. Uh, and, you know, was fired for making, you know, off route stop, even though they tell us, you know, take breaks when you need it, but they don't actually yep. mean it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because obviously, you know, you wouldn't be di- being disciplined or fired. One, one of the things that I, I saw was part of the negotiations that UPS had offered to be like, oh, we'll put in air conditionings in all new vehicles. And I was looking at this and I was like, this is, this is the clean air act loophole. I remember this. If if you only specify new vehicles, I'll just never replace the old ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, with these companies, they're going to be looking for those loopholes, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, I don't know that I've seen a vehicle that looked new. Um, when I'm uh, at my hub, yeah. I'm also uh inside worker. <laughs> And yeah, they all look like they've been around, been around a while. And I don't know that they've been uh, spending the capital to uh, get those new vehicles. So that's absolutely something uh, that we're going to, you know, keep their uh, feet to the fire on, so to speak. Yeah. And then in terms of uh, other conditions that are like really leading up to this, right now there is a big problem with uh, MRAs. And no, not the MRAs you <laughs> all might be thinking of. Uh, this is a market rate adjustment. Hmm. And, and both are um, bad. Both are bad. Both are bad. <laughs> yeah. We are staunchly against both MRAs. <laughs> um, and essentially what an MRA does is uh, it, It sounds good at first, you know, it gives the company leeway to, you know, potentially increase our pay, right, Uh, beyond what's just stipulated in the contract. However, when you kind of get late into the contract, like, you know, towards the expiration date, the base pay that was agreed on for the last contract is no longer acceptable. And while it gives them the leeway to increase our wage, they can always go back down to the lower wage should they choose to. Mm. And uh, last year at the hub that I worked at, um, it was right after peak. uh, In peak season, we were hired on at $27 an hour. Uh, And uh, come February, uh, you know, we're all walking into the job. And there's one of the supervisors there who is frankly looking like she's not having a good time, having to stop to talk to each of us to explain Oh yeah, so we are going to be bringing your pay down to fifteen fifty an hour. Jesus, but don't I know? I know, but don't worry, don't worry. There's an attendance bonus. There's an attendance bonus of one hundred and twenty dollars if you make all your shifts, and oh, uh, that God. really fucking sucked. Like, if you get like if you get sick, like okay, so like at this hub that I work at, I work at one of the few hubs that don't have what's called the hourly guarantee. Most hubs have an hourly guarantee. If you're a part-time worker, you have an hourly guarantee of three and a half hours a day. So if they say that there's no work to be done, you can say, I want that hourly guarantee. And they either find you more work to do or they pay that out. Um, And then for full-time workers, that's eight hours. Uh, I work at one of the few hubs that doesn't. It's a classification related to the type of hub that I am at. And uh, so... 
I'm only like at this hub, I work maybe 12 hours a week if I'm lucky. So this is 12 hours a week at 1550 an hour with an attendance bonus. But if I get sick one of those days, that means I have a paycheck, a weekly paycheck that is going from roughly $200 to like maybe roughly 80. And that is just, it's totally, totally unacceptable. Yeah. Um, the well, way that they can kind going of- on. Like, <laughs> yeah, with the plague going on. Yes. Being sick is highly likely right now. Um, and yeah, no, they're just kind of able to like yo-yo us around on these wages, like whenever they want. And so a demand that is being circulated uh, in the grassroots of the uh, union, uh, leadership hasn't really talked about it, um, to my knowledge, but there is a, you know, a petition going around to have a starting wage of $25 an hour. And, you know, right now that would only be a, a, cause right now this year I'm making 24 and they didn't do that bullshit. I think kind of in anticipation of the strike yeah. coming, they didn't want to make us, you know, more angry. And so that would only be a dollar increase for me, but also it would prevent them from doing that in the, in the future. Right. Yeah. So and I like uh, Reese, uh, you know, also was affected by the MRA, but luckily not as severe. You know, my pay went from 26 down to 23 an hour. Uh, and of course, you know, what, 10, 11% pay cut also, same time, inflation goes up, yep. you know, 10%. Uh, yeah, you know, that was really I'm difficult gonna... and enough, let alone having, you know, your pay getting dropped almost by 50%. Yeah. You know, and there's multiple hubs in the area. And they're all just on different pay scales, you know, for the same kind of, you know, same, same area doing the same work. And we just have these like fluctuating pay scales. You know, I know for us, it was, you know, right after peak season and they're like, oh, thanks so much for the most successful peak season ever. We made record breaking profits. We couldn't have done this without you. By the way, we're cutting all of your pay. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, you know we were getting paid above 25 and hey, that helped their profits. So, you know, it's absolutely yep. absurd to say, oh, well, you know, we can't afford, you know, these higher wages when they can't. Yeah, they, they doubled they their made, profits they did, Yeah, exactly. They doubled <laughs> their fucking profits. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Jesus Christ. It's like they think we're fucking dumb. It's like, no, like our work far exceeded what you're paying us, like an unimaginable amount. Yeah. And you guys, like, it was uh, uh, earlier on in the, con well, not earlier on, I think this happened maybe late June, early July. Uh, it was, uh, they leaked, it got leaked their economic proposals for us. And they had the part-timers starting at $17 an hour. 17 and like, I just, I don't think that's affordable anywhere. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. That's something I'm going to mention that I think is, I think is really important, but isn't particularly well understood. So, you know, if you go back to like the original 515 campaign, right, $15 minimum mm-hmm. wage, like that wage, which was already like kind of nonsense in like 2012, like with inflation, that's like 1930 now. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is, this is how much like inflation has sort of deteriorated wages and, and that, and that's just sort of like you know, the economic terms, like inflation is like the bundle of goods, right? And that that's not accounting for the fact that, for example, the increase in housing prices has been way higher than the sort of like average rate of inflation, right? Healthcare costs are increasing higher than the sort of quote unquote average rate of inflation. And so like, yeah, it's like, yeah, this sounds like a lot of money. It's fucking not like, nope. it's like simply is not. Like, yeah, I uh, I heard uh, at, a, at a rally not too long ago from one of the speakers for, uh, you know, it was a it was a team to rally that, you know, we're getting our members hyped and all that. And one of the speakers mentioned that for our city, a minimum wage that could be livable would be $26 an hour. And I'm just like, yeah, that seems about right. And that's like yeah. the bare minimum. That's like, okay, I can eat enough. I can pay my rent. And I probably don't have a whole lot left over. So. Yeah, especially when we have, you know, like average rent, you know. For one bedroom, you know, what, around like $1,500, you know, these days. And so many landlords want, you you know, want three times, you know, that rent and income. So, you know, I was actually just kind of, yeah, writing, you know, or, you know, doing the math last night. I was just like, oh, okay. So on my hours, I would actually need $43 an hour, you know, just to, (laughs) you know, be making three times the average monthly rent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's definitely why, you know, $25, you know, an hour is the minimum, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think we can settle for. I would love to see it higher, but also recognize, you know, well, you know, maybe 25 still not quite cutting it, you know, in a more urban area, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of people where that's, you know, significant gains that are going to help so much, you know, to meet their material needs. 
you know, definitely have to, you know, consider this as, you know, big picture. This is a national agreement. And, you know, we got to get that really solid foundation and then we can expand from there. Yeah. Well, what the, sorry. As, as, as you were talking, I got a thing saying that the Teamsters have settled. What? All right. I think. Tentative agreement? Oh Hold my on. gosh. What the oh, fuck? I knew they were back at the, uh. Table Back at the negotiation table. Jesus well, Christ. Shit. They've only been at the negotiation table for like four hours. Yeah. Uh, okay. What is Okay. Well, this I got to check some signal shots here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, all right, I don't know if we're going to leave this in, but uh, yeah, we've discovered live <laughs> on air that. Yeah. Teamsters win historic UPS contract. Uh, well, we'll, oh boy. we'll see. Yeah. I'm also looking at this and see one of the. Yeah, I'm the at the uh, teamster.org uh, website where they have an update on it. Uh, yeah, and at least, you know, speaking of uh, wages, at least uh, one of the first things I'm seeing is uh, existing part-timers will be raised up to no less than $21 per hour immediately. And part-time seniority workers earning more under a market rate adjustment would still receive all new general wage increases. Yeah, yeah, this is... Uh, I'm not stoked on those wages. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely I am 25 or bust on this. Yeah. All right. So that does uh that will change things. That definitely changes the timeline. Because this still has to be sent out to be voted on and approved by membership. Yeah. And uh what we learned um at the uh, there was a call not too long ago where they kind of explained the process of it. So, in the event that they would reach a tentative agreement, that gets sent out to us. We vote from home, and it takes about three weeks for it to ratify. There is still a possibility that membership could vote to reject it, in which case they would be going back to the bargaining table, mm-hmm. and uh, we could potentially be going on strike then. But this does set it back by now three weeks. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the uh, TDU, which is the uh, Teamsters for a Democratic Union, which is a reform caucus inside our uh, our union. It'll be interesting to see what their line is on this. Um, so, oh, my gosh. What a what a bomb drop to get in the middle of a podcast yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, like unfortunately can't even speak to it uh, since skimmed a little bit of it. And... Yeah, yeah. Is it, do they actually have the full agreement out, or are they just do they just have so, like this stuff? They will not have the full agreement out. Um, something that we've been having a little bit of frustrations with within our union is that um, we do not have open bargaining. Oh, so bargaining happens. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bargaining happens behind closed doors. Jesus Christ. And they occasionally give us updates about what's happening, but we don't really get to see the full picture until mm-hmm. we're going to be voting on it. And uh, I obviously think this is bad for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, One, and a a big primary one, is these contracts that are negotiated, um, 
I was about to go get my copy of the contract so I could show you. And then I remembered this is a podcast and that's not actually going to be helpful for people listening. We do visual bits on this podcast all the time. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so the size of our pocket, uh, our contract is about the size of a pocket Bible. Jesus. It is, it is very, very big. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's written in that legalese and stuff like that. And so it's not very mm. accessible. Um to yeah. most of our uh, most of our members, uh, and so you know, if we had open and bargaining, if we had consistent like updates, where like you know our union leadership would be like, all right, so this is what we've agreed upon so far. This is what we've rejected. This is what it all means. You know, in the lead up to like whether or not you vote no, membership could have a far more comprehensive uh, understanding of uh, yeah. what is in the contract instead of. Waiting until the very end as we got little bits, pieces, and snippets. Um, and then being like, okay, well, read this and decide how you feel. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, I don't know. If, if It feels like a system that's just sort of kind of designed to like railroad people into signing whatever contract uh, negotiators agree to. Which yeah. Which is kind of a disaster. And without that transparency, I mean, you know. You know, all of us rank and file members are, you know, essentially being removed from the process, you know, being involved in the decision making, uh, you know, stipulating uh, what's going to do it, you know, to meet our needs. What what do we need, you know, out of these, you know, five year contracts? And, you know, I think it was just, you know, a few days ago, got, you know, get an update from the local, you know, basically a week before, you know, the contract ends. Um you know, and they're, you know, talking about this is like one of the most transparent contracts there's ever been. There's all these updates and, you know, there's more rank and file, um, you know, members involved in the bargaining. And it's like, well, that's great. You know, that shows, you know, how far, you know, we've come, I guess. But also <laughs> it's still just it's kind of sad to think that, you know, this this process that's all banned by NDA is the most transparent, transparent yeah. it's been. And and also the fact the fact that you're finding this out live on air from like their press release that they put out on Twitter. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh. Absolutely, absolutely absurd. Um Yeah, so it seems like this is a uh this is an agreement that is gonna be um pushed by union leadership as a vote to vote yes on. Uh which is a kind of a far cry from earlier in uh, in July when, you know, you when the Teamsters were telling UPS, you need to present us with either an agreement that we like actually agree with or present your last best final offer by July 5th. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how uh, how the. Uh, rank and file react. Um, in the 2018 contract, uh, I know that the uh, TDU um, tried to uh, organize a uh, vote no campaign. And um, they did get a simple majority of uh, the membership to vote no. However, at the time, and this has now been changed, but at the time uh, in our constitution, um, it would require a two-thirds majority to have uh, Wait, rejected no it and go on it? strike. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
Was it was was that was that because it was was that because it has one of those weird like electoral college systems or was it like you need two thirds to project a contract? It was a it was a you need two thirds. Um, that oh has God. been changed uh, yeah. uh, when when Sean when the reform slate was elected and they had their uh, Teamsters convention, they changed the constitution so that it would be a simple majority. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see uh, what TD the line that TDU wants to take. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. This uh, this certainly puts puts a wrinkle in things. I'm gonna be honest. I was actually really looking forward to strike pay because my strike pay would have paid more than my actual oh my job God. does. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's like, I mean, I think there's a few things that we can sort of immediately talk about from this. One is that it doesn't like nothing, Dave put out here from what I've read so far, I'm reading, I mean, literally I'm reading from the, the Teamsters like website says they're doing anything about market rate adjustments at all. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, we were talking earlier before we knew that there was a strike about sort of the impact of this on the entire class. And it, it really looks like both the Teamsters and UPS, like, you know, really wanted to cut a deal as you know, part of part of this attempt to keep everything going and to keep this stuff from happening, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think makes sense, right? If you're, you know, if if you're UPS, you don't act like <laughs> we're, we're we're having an actual sort of like workers insurgency, like having 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 a summer this hot, like isn't good for like it isn't good for UPS. It's arguably not good for some of the more sort of like some of the more sort of conservative uh, union leaderships either who do who unlike a lot of workers do not want to be on strike because yes. that like that cut that cuts into the sort of war chest of capital that they have to manage. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh they're, you know, they're just recently on Twitter or excuse me, X. It's X now. But just recently on Twitter, there was a fair amount of uh, strike discourse. Uh, And there was like, you know, labor activists and stuff saying that, you know, like it's good. It's good for, you know, if they reach a tentative agreement that, uh, you know, saw this. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. If they reach a tentative agreement that, you know, makes those material gains, it's better to not go on strike. And like, I, I know, I know. Like, and to me, that's like a little bit wild because one, there is so much and we could demand so much more, but also like, you know, collective action, you know, in order to be consistent, to be good at it, it requires you to undertake it. Right. Like, and, uh, you know, when I think about like how our local is, um, they have a very service model orientation to unionism Mm -hmm. as opposed to an organizing model. And I, you know, I was really under the impression that this uh, potential strike could have uh, kind of like, you know, lit a fire under their ass and like kind of got back into like the organizing aspect of unionism. Right. Uh, And like, they weren't that great at that. I swear. Sometimes we would talk to them about like, hey, so like, have you tried like mobilizing members? Have you tried like showing up at the gates? Have you like, you know, you can like, there's like programs out there where you can text your entire membership about like, you know, come to this like contract update. And it's like we were just speaking a different language. Like they just had no idea. Like they had no idea. And they would look at our union meetings where like, you know, we represent like I think over like a 
like, I think well over like a thousand workers. I don't have the numbers on that, so I'm not going to get more specific, Uh, but like well over that. And they would look at our union meetings where we have maybe 50 to 70 people and they're just kind of like, well, this is just as good as it's going to get. Yeah, Um, and that's nonsense. Like It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Like, you know, like back in the fucking like, you know, from like the 10s to the 50s, union meetings would bring in just so many people and they don't have anywhere near the like technological advance advantages that we have now. And it was just, it's very much of like, Yes, you tell us about your grievances. We get those filed and we do make those like wins for you. And like, that's that's good. Like, you know, there are some unions that barely do that much. And the fact that they do that is great. But like, you know, at my hub, I remember I was uh, I was talking to my carpool and he didn't even know who his steward was. And I'm like the only person that gives him updates about what's going on in the union. Yeah. And that's just because like when I started working at UPS, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go to these fucking union meetings. I'm going to find out what's going on. I want to be involved. And most people, you know, it's just a job for them. And they don't know all the things that a union can provide for them or how a union can back them up. And part of that's because, you know, union leadership you know, has decided that that's not something they real they don't need to be as engaged with the members as they could be. Yeah. Well, and and, so, and, and, and there's yeah. there's a second thing there too, which is like, okay, if you are like, you know, if 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 you are someone, you know, if you are in a position of leadership and you're in your position of leadership because there's incredible there's base, there's like really really low attendance for union elections, right? Really mm-hmm. low turnout, which is which is usually true, right? Like union union election turnout tends to be just atrocious. You don't actually want more people being involved because the more people that are involved, the more likely it is that a bunch of people are going to show up to an election. Someone's going to, you know, and someone's going to look at one of the deals you cut and it's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. So there's, there's, there's a lot of sort of perverse incentive structures in terms of like just the sort of the basic organizational and electoral structure that gets you, you know, like people cutting deals and calling and, you know, like trying to cut off the sort of like hot summer at its knees. Yeah, I have uh, something funny that's kind of related to that. So uh, when we were voting to authorize a uh, to authorize a strike, right, you know, we we did it and all of that. And, uh, you know, Sean O'Brien announced that there was going to be voting at the gates and our uh, our local um, (laughs) initially was like, oh, no, we're just going to have people come to the hall between the hours of eight and ten on two specific days and we'll do voting that way. Eventually they did change it after they got pressure, I think probably oh from up God. top and below. But uh, <laughs> one of the members who is involved was like, oh no, 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 like it'll be better if it's just the people that are motivated enough to go because they're the ones that are gonna like vote the thing on through. And that was just, that was wild to yeah. me, uh, seeing that sort yeah. of perspective. Because if we, you know, if the union is there, if like, you know, our union reps, our business agents, if they're there, if they're constantly engaging membership, then we will all be on the same page. Like, they're the ones that have all of the, like, you know, the, like, technical information. They're the ones that can really talk to, uh, they can talk to people about you know, like, this is how much UPS is making in profits. This is, like, what they're paying our CEO. This is all of this. You deserve more, and we're going to fight for it. And if they had those constant interactions, yeah. we would all be on the same page, and we wouldn't have to worry about, well, if there's increased voter turnout, it might make the vote kind of iffy. 
you know, yeah. like. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, that's been one of my biggest gripes is around, uh, you know, communications, particularly, you know, from the local, uh, which is kind of practically non-existent. And, you know, it's, there's so many, even like between new hires and, you know, even people have been there a few years of part-timers, like don't know their rights under our contract. Yeah. And, you know, it was only because of organizing and, you know, talking with people that I know those rights and can, you know, then share that, you know, knowledge, uh, with other, you know, teamsters, but it's kind of like, well, why, why are we having to do this? And I mean, of course, yeah. internal or organizing, you know, knowledge is super important, but it'd be nice, you know, why, you know, why isn't there a, you know, like a, a welcome packet? Why are there, you know, yeah. not more, maybe not like full meetings, but at least something where, you know, our union officials can meet with rank and file members. And I think I'm partly, you know, speaking to that because, you know, the shift I work is during union meetings. So, you know, attending those is not, you know, not quite feasible, uh, you know, for me or other people on my shift. And I know that's also kind of seems like it's led to this, like some contempt for part-timers, like, oh, we're not involved, you know, we don't care, but it's like, we don't, you know, we don't necessarily know you know, about the meetings or that, you know, there's the scheduling conflict or, you know, again, talking about like, we don't even know what our, you know, basic rights are, you know, yeah. under our contract. Well, it's like, a, like, you can't, you can't not explain to people, you can't not onboard people and then complain that they're not onboarded. Like, come on. <laughs> this is yeah, absurd. Like Self-fulfilling prophecy there. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm, you're creating mm -hmm. the outcome that you think, you know, already exists because you're not engaging members. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER me Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So there, there was another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is that there's been a lot of, like, I don't know. I, 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 I've been seeing this in sort of various places in, in the discourse talking about the strike, which is that there's a lot of people who basically are holding on to the notion that A, people don't want to strike and B, that like striking is bad and that you should want to do it as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And you know, this pisses me off for like a lot of reasons. One of which is that like my grandma was a teamster and she was a, she was a union punch card operator, like back in like the seventies and eighties. Um, and you know, my grandma is like, like not like a leftist, right? Like she, we have, we have to stop her from giving money to the fallen gong. Like she's so, you know, this, this, this is the kind of issue we're dealing with here. Right. But like, she loved going on strike. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, like, my family, who's not, like, particularly sort of labor-friendly, are like, oh, yeah, no, we love going on strike because that's that's why she has insurance, right? It's because, oh, yeah. they, because the Teamsters would go on, like, any the Teamsters would go on strike. And I, I you know, and, and I think I think that's another thing that's, like, this, you know, this kind of, well, okay, there, there's two ways to look of it, at it. One is that it's a fundamental misreading of the situation that's happening right now, which mm-hmm. is, no, people absolutely love going on strike. People are really excited to go on strike. People who people whose politics are not, like, you know, people whose politics are not aligned with the left really like going on strike and are really excited about it. And this is something that's happening sort of irrespective of, there's, there's been a bunch of wildcat strikes. This is something that's been happening sort of irrespective of, like, actual union membership as people want to do this we've also seen sort of the great resignation over the last few years of you know what is effectively a massive like part of the reason the conditions for labor are like this strong right now is because there's been this massive informal strike of people just sort of of people you know walking off the job like deciding their job fucking sucks and quitting and that's been putting a lot of pressure on employers and you know, and simultaneously, this, you know, I, I think, I think the the reading of this that's more sort of cynical is that like these people know this, right? They know that people want to go on strike, and they're looking at it and they're terrified. And their conclusion is like, we have to fucking stop. You know, we 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 have to stop the with this wave of labor militancy before it gets going, mm-hmm. because if it gets going, you know, if you're like if you're you know like a, a sort of centrist liberal, liberal politician, or if you're like a conservative union bureaucrat, like that's terrifying for you. Then there's you know there's there's a lot of people who have a lot to lose if if the, if you know like an, if if a really sort of a precedented wave of labor militancy gets going. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, when I think of uh, you know people and wanting to go on strike, uh, I guess I'll touch on two things here, which is that you know at my hub, whenever we talk about going on strike, there you know there is a sense that yes, people really want it, and also they're really worried that they aren't going to be able to, um, that like, you know, we're going to get this tentative agreement that most people will want and it's not going to happen. And we've had all of this buildup and, you know, it's going to kind of, you know, fall flat. Um, and then, you know, also I've, I've spent a fair amount of time on, uh, on picket lines as like a community supporter And, you know, there is something incredibly magical about being on strike. Uh, You know, like there's often just this outpouring of community support for the workers. Right. And workers get to see that their labor is extremely valued by the larger community. Um, 
And I think that is really important. I think that builds bonds of solidarity. And you get to see the other unions who come out in support of your strike. And then, you know, you go and support them. And then it creates, yeah, it creates these bonds that, you know, aren't really, they can be achieved without it, but it's just so much more bonding. I guess I'm going to use the term bonds a lot, but, and there really isn't a substitute for it. Uh, And, you know, and then people also, they get to experience the power that they have as, you know, as labor, right? Like they begin, they realize it's like, oh, wait, no, like I'm on strike and this company is like, the shit is hitting the fan for them because they don't have us who know how to do our jobs in there doing them, right? Like, you know, I was uh, at a picket line for uh, this other company um, a few years back and like the workers there on the line were constantly giving me updates. They'd be like, yeah, man, it's wild. I heard in there that like, you know, the managers are trying to do our jobs and like, None of what they make is edible and they're throwing yep, it all yep, yep. away. And machines like, are breaking. The machines are breaking. Like, yep. and so they're one, they're seeing that, yes, their labor is specific. It has value. It is necessary and crucial. Yeah. And they are getting that community support. And, you know, there's not a lot of other opportunities for those realizations to happen. So... Yeah, and I mean, this is something that, like, I mean, I, I've literally seen this. Like, our, our teachers' union, I mean, we've talked about this mm-hmm. a bit on the show, but like, our, our local teachers' union in Chicago, like, got, you know, they got a reform caucus in. They're not perfect, but, you know, they're, they're much better than what was happening before. And, you know, and the, one of the things they do is they've, they've been on strike a lot of times in the last about decade, like, decade, decade, bit over a decade. And it changed the city. Like, Chicago is a, you know, was for, I mean, decades and decades and decades, this just like, interminable machine run like neoliberal hellhole and you know i mean i'm not going to say like chicago is like some kind of like you know like beacon of the left or whatever but like the city is just different after it and, they, and it wasn't just the one strike they kept they kept going on strike and they kept going on strike and you know you can you can look at the quality of their wins and you can sort of like you know like i mean there's that like i, I know i mean like i know people who like have quibbles with sort of like exactly what happened in the contract negotiations but like you know, they, they went on strike multiple times and they won. And that really, and, and the, the, you know, and the other thing that happened is the thing you were talking about, right? Is like, suddenly you're at these pickets and like the entire community is showing up, like everyone's showing up with food. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it changed, it changed the city. And, you know, and, and I think this gets us another thing I think is, is important here about, and what's, you know, sort of the potential that's being averted is the interesting thing about this strike wave is that we've had a number, you know, we've, we, we had like the whole, we had sort of the wildcat teacher strikes in 2017. We've had a couple of, a couple of waves of teacher strikes, but like most of the strikes that have been happening are public sector unions. Mm-hmm. We haven't had these giant strikes other than basically, I mean, there, there, there's been some, right? There's, there's, there's been a lot of strikes in the healthcare sector, but we haven't had a strike like at this scale in the private sector in, you know, outside basically like the, the Teamsters and like the Teamsters and like the Guild are like the only two big unions on that scale who go on strike, like even kind of regularly. Even that's like that's like a once in like twenty year thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Like I think I think just sort of the the potential of what's being lost here is enormous. If if what happens is that this deal, which is like 
I don't not great from what I've seen of it from the initial things. Although again, like we still don't fucking know what's in this deal, and we're not going to for like a bit, at, like at least until they fucking release the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, we'll 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 have to see, um, you know, what's what's in that agreement. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, at least just you know, for you know my own views, you know, it's any you know company you know that's paying you poverty wages or you know there's unsafe work conditions. And just seems like, well, on principle, there needs to be a work stoppage. Like that's, you know, if you're going to treat people that way, that's just the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I'm like kind of thinking about right now is like, so like the 2175, uh, I believe it is for part-time workers, you know, that is a significant increase from the 1550, but we're just at the beginning of our five-year contract. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like, you know, like it's being viewed as like, oh, well, that's like, okay for right now. It's, you know, kind of not, but it's really just not going to be okay in five years when we have to have these contract negotiations again. And because we're not starting out with a solid $25 an hour, we're going to be playing catch up to what is not really okay right now. Like, it's just going to, like, it's like, it's just going to keep happening. You know, by the time we get to uh, 2028, you know, we'll probably get up to $25 an hour maybe. But by that time, you know, who knows what we're actually going to need in order to survive in this economy. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like that wage is just not it's not proactive enough for what we're going to need in the coming years. And, you know, in there, there is stuff about like, you know, wage increases for like, you know, however long you've been there and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, you know, (laughs) you know, like I graduated from high school in like 2008 and I just feel like the my entire life, the economy has just been fucking shitty. And when yeah. they tell me the economy is great, my finances are still fucking shitty. And, yeah, I mean, look, you know, like, like, this is the, 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 one, of, one of the old 2011 slogans that, like, well, I guess there's also a 2008 slogan that, like, people need to fucking remember is that the G, when the bank takes your house, GDP goes up, right? Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. economic indicators that we have are are you know they're they're bourgeois economic indicators right like they are they are they they are designed to measure how well capital is being extracted from you mm-hmm yep 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 it definitely so. no reflection on our actual you know day to day lives you know what what our needs are Just, oh, yeah and hey some people know, made money off of your labor, so things are good unless yeah. you know you're the laborer. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I think I think another thing that like happens a lot is like, yeah, like, you know, it, it is entirely possible that a bunch of people who are, you know, making like $70,000 a year are fucking doing great right now. And it's like, well, bully for them. Like, <laughs> we're fucking not. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking to it, you know, to the, you know, what does things, you know, look five years out, which, you know, with the, it seems like, you know, things just kind of get exponentially worse you know i don't know what you know the environment you know what our climate's going to be i don't know what yeah. you know inflation or food costs you know it's going to be and you know so far you know i'd need to see the you know what the tentative agreement has on that market rate adjustment and then there's also the cost of living adjustment too which 
at least what I believe is, you know, it doesn't kick into like you've been there for five years. So I guess you God. just aren't living for those first five years. <laughs> I don't know. It's great that uh, I, you know, that and, my utilities and my rent waves my bills for the first five years yeah, that yeah. I work for UPS. Someone, someone, some, someone, so someone also like go find the statistics on how many people get fired at four years and 11 months. Like, yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's also when the, uh, the pension, uh, minimum invest- yeah. investment time is five years. You know, that's also mm-hmm. something I've thought about. Well, what happens on uh four years and 11 months? Is that yep. when, you know, now we've got a bigger target on my back. It's like already a thorn in their side. Uh, they 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 did the thing I said they were going to do where it says UPS will equip in cab AC and all large de- uh, delivery vehicles, sprinter vans, and package cars purchased after January first, twenty twenty four. Fans are getting cars are getting two fans and an induction vent in the cargo compartment, which is good, but also not air conditioning. It's not air conditioning, and it gets very yeah. hot in those trailers. And yeah, no, it's like, yeah, and all are, except all, you know, all things purchased after January 1st, 2024. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, they'll, they'll, yeah, it's like they will, they will start purchasing cars again in like 2094. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing in there about retrofitting those cars. Well, I think, I think cars. I think they're. Well, okay, I, I I don't know. This is another thing. Where, like, it, it's it's unclear to me exactly what a lot of this means because mm-hmm. we, you know, like we we we're like we we, we can't look at the actual contract, which is yep. like, uh, yeah. So this is like, we're, we're we need we need to I guess also like preface this like this is like we're not doing legal analysis of this. This is our speculation based on what we're reading. Uh, this is this none of this con- constitutes binding legal advice. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, I just work here. Uh, yeah, uh, another thing that I'm like noticing um, in this contract. Uh, so another big uh, uh, grievance that was had was the lack of full time positions. And yeah. uh, so, like, if you want to get a full time inside job, you know, there is a seven to ten year wait list for that, right? So mm-hmm. this. Uh, This tentative agreement um, stipulates that there will be a creation of 7,500 new full-time Teamster jobs at UPS and the fulfillment of 22,500 open positions. Um, But it doesn't specify if that's going to be for inside work or for, uh, you know, more, more drivers. And, you know, I have, I have epilepsy, so I am not going to be a driver. Uh, That's just doesn't seem ideal for me and yeah i would i would like to see some uh numbers on uh so that wait list is that going down like because that's like what i'm waiting for is to be able to you know snag one of those full-time inside positions but i don't know and like when you think about you know 7500 full-time positions it's also worth to keep in mind that ups employees 340,000 people. So it's like. Yeah, wait. So, yeah, so that's a 2%. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I think. It's, yeah, it's like 2%. And like, it, admittedly, like, you know, 40% of that workforce is already like they're full time drivers. But so that's like 60% of that is part timers. And, you know, I'm not going to make anyone do more math, but. 
7,500 for 60% of 340,000 people is yeah, it's, it's not 3, as exciting 3%. as just seeing that number by <laughs> yeah, itself, it's, it's, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's 3%, which is like a joke. <laughs> like, like, well, and this goes into something, you know, I've, I've noticed, um, you know, with, you know, coworkers, which is always talking about, you know, why, you know, we need more hours. And that, mm-hmm. you know, that that is true to a degree, you know, really, though, it's like, well, we need more pay. You know, I, you know, I think that's, you know, would be a sign, you know, when it can be, you know, like a really strong union is that, you know, we can even just say, yeah, you know what, maybe people shouldn't be working 70 hour weeks. Yeah. You know, maybe we should cap that at 30 with, you know, PT pay that, you know, pays like full time. But of course, you know, we're not there. You know, we need these jobs that can actually provide, you know, definitely not going to knock that. But, you know, we'd definitely yeah. like to see that overall shift kind of just, you know, in our culture of, you know, we don't need to work more to have our needs met. I, I think it's also really sort of important to understand about UPS jobs. It's like you're fucking destroying your bodies, especially if you're like if you're if you're if you're one of the people sorting packages like you are lifting like. You were lifting like thousands of packages a day. These things can weigh up to like eighty fucking pounds. They can and... weigh up to one hundred and fifty. Oh, even one hundred fifty. Jesus Christ! Never mind. Yeah, okay, one fifty is the other limit. Uh, oh, Seventy God. pounds is where um, you get a team. You, know, lift. you can do team lift. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I know. Like talking to a feeder driver recently was talking about having a you know two of those trailers hooked up and weighing in at something like seventeen thousand pounds on the scale. Jesus. Obviously, you know, that's the cabin engine included, I believe. Um, but, you know, that's not my world. I'm kind of completely unfamiliar with that side of things. But still, yeah, it's like a lot of weight, you know, because we're carrying so many packages every day. Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot of wear and tear on the body. And management's always pushing you to move faster, too. Yeah. Like, I had a, uh, a worker um, who is a feeder driver for another hub. And she was telling me that a supervisor there was telling newly hired part-time employees that it's actually safer to work faster instead of slower. What? Yes. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. No fucking sense at all. And like one of the reasons they have an incentive to make us work really fast, which is that the full-time soups get a parts per hour bonus, uh, depending on how fast we go so it, you know they will harass you into working faster even though you know we're moving mm-hmm. these thousands of fucking packages they'll harass us to move faster um so that they get a bonus off of the packages that we handled and moved yeah, i mean like yeah, just last week in the you know i think it was like mid 90s outside or something you know mm-hmm. we're not getting oh do you need water do you need to rest it was oh you're not working fast enough like your packages per hour is you know too low you know it's that kind of constant you know harassment or you know maybe sometimes like you know i know my supervisor is a little bit more subtle about it you know uh versus you know outright being like oh you need to work faster because that's the thing is in our contract you know there's no kind of productivity quota you know Mm -hmm, we, we work safe we follow the methods that's something i really try and you know really focus on because you know ideally you know, I want to, you know, I would like to be here uh, longer. Um, yeah. Silly enough, uh, that is for a job with terrible conditions, but, you but know. But also, it's I'm, a job uh, that has a pension. Pi- I'm, 
Like, and that, yeah, that's the big thing. And it's like, I don't, you know, what's a pension going to do if, you know, I'm, you know, have some kind of, you know, grave injury from, from the job. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're fucking no pension, or, but still. Yeah. You're dead with heat exhaustion. Like, it's like, well, pension doesn't pay out. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um. Uh, Man, I uh, am gonna be really excited to see how this uh, how this vote goes. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be an um, interesting day at work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm sure that I'll have those people that know that I know about the union come up and talk to me to ask me what I think about it, because uh, I'm the only person they know that knows anything about the union. Because as we talked about earlier, union reps just are barely ever there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Man, that's, I'm just now really thinking about that 7,500 full-time jobs. 3%. 2 or 3%, depending on the metric that you're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not enough. No, no, yeah. no. Wild. Wild. And now that yeah, this is a... At best, a delayed opportunity for a strike to build those, as we talked about yeah. earlier, those necessary, necessary muscles that need to be exercised. Yep. Um, and that's at best, you know, we might have we might have missed it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, well, uh, that that fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a curveball to get for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, unless, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm going to wrap up this incredibly chaotic episode of It Could Happen Here in which we discovered the chaos of a not open bargaining process and what that looks like live on air. <laughs> yep, yep. <sighs> Exciting times. But yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. I feel like I hit all my notes and some that I wasn't even planning on hitting because we had this uh, new information. So, <laughs> right. Oh, good Lord. And I was like, <laughs> it, it couldn't have been like an hour earlier. So I could have at least read no, it first. No, it's literally in the middle of the record. Yeah, now I'm going like, to go one second. We got to like, look over some this? information. Like, Bear with Why us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well, you know, you can uh, join us next for the live analysis of the over 300 page contract yeah. <laughs> that we got, like just the highlights. <laughs> oh, yeah. But thank you to you both for thank you to both for coming on. And yeah, we can, I guess I guess if the strike happens, we can talk to you again or maybe also if it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having us on. Uh yeah, I'd love to stay in contact to talk about if we do go on strike or, you know, if we don't. Would love. I would absolutely yeah. be open to a follow-up on that. And, yeah, okay, so where where can people go if they want to support, like, the strike or also potentially the rank-and-file workers who are trying to, like, make sure it happens? Yeah, I would say that a uh, good place to follow uh, or, like, a good... Uh, source i guess to follow um would be to follow the teamsters for a democratic union um if there is going to be any movement that is uh in the union that's organized it's going to be coming from them most likely um so they are the better version i would say to follow on that front um 
And of oh, course, right. you can still follow uh, the regular uh, Teamsters um, page and stuff like that to see what's going on. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be weird. I, I don't know what the TDU line <laughs> is going to is going to be on this. Yeah. So I was like, we'll see. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if we can strike, obviously, yeah, come out to yeah, support your fellow workers and you know, mm-hmm. too, we'll also be able to coordinate, you know, with uh, rank and file union uh, reps, um, you know, what kind of needs there might be out on the picket line. Yep. Yeah. Also, and yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, very much for, for having us. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. This has been It Could Happen Here. Uh, go on strike. Uh, don't let your leadership tell you not to go on strike. <laughs> Simply do the thing and organize so you could do it again. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.